Hi, my name's Andy Cope and welcome to the most uplifting podcast in the world. As a positive psychology researcher, I'm excited, delighted and honoured to be sitting in the podcast hot seat. The aim is to bring you guests who have something interesting or insightful or inspirational. They might have a story to tell, something clever, something simple, anything goes. We hope to inspire, educate, entertain and on a good day, maybe even make you chuckle. And why should you listen? Well, we figure life is relentless. It's full on. And most people are a million miles away from feeling as great as they could. So think of this podcast as a reminder or maybe a leg up to being a better version of you. Sometimes against the odds. So relax, open your ears, open your mind and allow me to bring you this week's amazing episode of the best podcast in the world. On with the show. So gosh, welcome to season three of the podcast. Who thought, you know, we started this in season one, who thought that uh, a couple of seasons down the line, we've had about 40,000 downloads of this podcast. It just makes me grin, that does. So it's clearly catching on. It's catching on because of the quality of the people we're talking to. So I've got another cracker for you today. Okay, folks, I would like to introduce you to Jake. Jake Lowe. Jake, how you doing, mate? I'm um, very well indeed, Dr. Cope. Good to speak Doc- to you at long last. Thank you for the doctor bit. That always makes <laughs> me grin. Um, Sorry. Now I know we we don't actually we don't haven't actually met, but we've got uh, people that we know in common. And are you a Derby lad, by the way? I you am. Are Derby. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Yeah. Derby born and bred. I know you are. Right, absolutely, mate. So I thought it would be interesting for the listeners to, because f- uh, this is the first one of our s- uh, third series of podcasts wow. going out going out in January 2019, and awesome. we thought we'd put you on first because of the nature of what you do. So a bit of backstory first, mate. So who is Jake? Okay, so uh, Darby, born and bred, as you know, I was a personal trainer. I still am a personal trainer. I kind of found that later in life. Fitness has always been. Since college, really, something that um, I turned to, got me feeling better, you know, wanted to hit the weights when I was sort of 16 and feel good and all that sort of stuff. So kind of started from there. And then when I realized I really had a, a love for this, I, it sort of took me down the avenue of, of personal training. Before that, I've done many things, Andy. We probably haven't got time now to tell you all about it. I presented a breakfast show on, on radio, local local radio. I sold cars. I've, I've done many bonkers stuff. But Personal training was the um, really where I kind of my passion was with the fitness. So worked for Virgin Active, the health club chain, and uh, built a, a client base. So was doing that 10 years. And then one of those defining moments in life, we all have those on occasions. A client of mine, and I'll never, ever forget this, a client of mine who was a chief executive of a charity in Derby, uh, offered, I'd only just been a personal trainer and just qualified. She offered me a place in the London Marathon. Now, I didn't run at this point. It's worth pointing out, right? So it was kind of like training just to feel good, look good, all that usual sort of stuff. And I said, okay, you know, this is bonkers. Life bucket, you know, a bucket list type tick box. Okay, let's go for it. I mean, cr- dragged myself across the finishing line, thought never again. Two days later, I'd registered for the Berlin Marathon. And and the rest is history, as you say. So really went down the avenue of running, became a runner through, you know, all my focus, all my energy into motivating people and helping runners and coaching people, problem solving their journey. Everybody uses running as a vehicle to feel better. Ultimately, that's why they do it, whether they want to do it, use it as a weight loss tool, or they want to achieve a time in a given event, whatever, it's to feel good and create a memory. So I wanted to kind of help uh, build something that could facilitate that. And that brings me to where I am today, really. Which is? So I've built an online community of effectively recreational performance athletes. So what does that mean? So it became apparent that throughout my time as a coach and as a personal trainer helping runners, that 
everybody wants to achieve. Even somebody that is, you know, your local park runner that isn't making money out of the sport. They do it for their own enjoyment and to feel good, as we've said. But they get frustrated because they want to improve. They want to go under 30 minutes for the 5K on a Saturday morning with their friends. Or they're frustrated if the person that they usually beat actually beats them by two seconds, you know. So people want to run faster. They want to run further. They want to stay injury free. They want to keep doing what they want to do. So I thought, well, how can we improve the performance of individuals like this that aren't elite athletes and not making money out of it? And that's where the idea of the performance community was born. So effectively, I work with the University of Derby. So they've got some awesome fitness testing facilities there in Derby. So we put the guys and girls in the community, first of all, through a fitness test that's for all levels of ability, just so we get a baseline. And we say, right, that's where you are at the moment. How are we going to plot the path to move you forward? So it kind of takes the guesswork out of the training. Uh, so are you so who funds you mate do do the runners fund you does the uni fund you where do you you got to make yeah. a living out ultimately you've managed to sounds to me like you have managed to create a living out of doing something you absolutely bloody love right absolutely. so so where's the income stream coming from that if you don't mind so, me asking no not at all no not at all so it's from it's from the clients it's from the customers it's from the athletes that i look after so they effectively to get into the performance community they buy, they buy a performance pack so what does that give you well you buy a pack because you might train for the london marathon or the Derby 10K, or any of the other events out there. And then as part of that pack, you get the coaching with me. You get membership to the performance community. I've got a closed group on Facebook where we go in there and share stories and tips and advice and, you know, all that motivational stuff. And then you also get the testing through the Derby University. So they're on board. I work with them. But effectively, it's my customers that pay me, and I then help them on their journey. Yeah, okay, mate. Wow, I love it. And how long have you been, how long have you been doing your own thing as against working for Virgin Active or whatever? How it was a difficult you... decision. I made the decision last year to step away. I think it was June last year from memory. It's amazing where time goes, isn't it? I, I didn't think about it until you asked me that question. And I ran it as a pilot. And I'll be very honest with you because I'm incapable of being anything other. It was a difficult decision to make because you, I'm just a guy that thought, this is a great idea. Let's get this off the ground. It's just me with this mad idea. So I thought, okay, let's have a go. I ran this as a pilot. I was doing an interval session on Friday mornings at the time. So I, I put it out to those guys. I said, look, I've got this idea, guys. I can't, I can't get you on board free, but I can offer you a, a reduced rate. This is what I'm looking to do. Are you up for it? Let's try and build this thing. And I thought, you know, I sent the message on Facebook. I thought nobody's going to want to be part of this. And then sure enough, the places went, you know, straight away. So then we, we problem solved. We had a go. It gave me a headache, kept me awake at night, still does. But that passion keeps me going. So that's kind of how long I've been doing it. It's, it's now beyond the pilot phase. We're in sort of phase one, if you like. And I've got many bonkers ideas at the moment to develop. It. I love it, mate. I love it. And for the, for the loyal podcast listeners, right, what, we're, what I've got over here is Jake is on Skype. So you can't see him, but I can see him. And I tell you what, the man is glowing. The man is positively <laughs> leaping out of his seat with energy. And, and this is the bizarre thing, mate, because I... Um, I mean, I'm I'm a lot older than you, right? But I've never, ever felt better. I've never felt more in love with life. And I think the last 10 years of my life have been the best 10 years. And the last 10 years just happened to have coincided when I started to try and get a bit fitter and do exercise on a daily basis. So I don't do a lot, but I do stuff. And I, and, and I used to, th I, when I first started it, I thought it's going to knacker me out. You know, I haven't got time to do it and it's going to exhaust me. And what I find now is if I do miss a day, then I'm exhausted. So how can... How can energy create? How can sorry? How can I exercise create energy? I don't get out. I still don't understand how it works. But if I don't do it, I feel lethargic. So, 
do we know about the science or well this is what the whole performance community is about actually running with science and, and using that to kind of underpin people's training to 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 again take a, take away that guesswork but i think there's a few things here in my opinion i think as well it's 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 a big shift in that mental mental focus if you like because if you suddenly say right exercise is going to be part of my life first of all you'll make it happen because when people say they don't have the time and i say it myself i find myself saying that i don't have the time and that's not true i've not made the time it's not high up on the list of priorities yeah so if i say to you andy let's go and have that beer sometime we say yeah we'll do that and then it doesn't happen i say i don't have the time what it means is actually i don't i don't see that as a priority in my life unfortunately that's kind of how it is that is a genius point that is a genius point because we've all got we've all got time it's what we do with that time it's what we choose to prioritize is a really really big point i think going into 2019 is is you know what are we prioritizing yeah. and i i always think on i'll come back to you in a sec sure. i always think that we're all busy people but often we're busy doing the wrong things yeah. and yeah. really exercise is getting busy doing the right thing yeah. and you and i had to change the way that i thought about myself i had to i started to become the kind of person who does exercise and that was a different version of me so, so yeah, I love it. Keep, keep going, mate. Keep going. Well, so, well, I'm just finding gonna, the time. We, we might end up flicking around on these, these points yeah. here, but just, just picking up on what you said, I think it's really important that people often say, oh, I really, I don't like exercise. I hate running. Or I just don't enjoy exercise because it's physically uncomfortable. So that makes sense. I get that. And there are people out there that uh, cardio junkies, as I call them, you know, gym bunnies, they just love that feeling of the, I say pain, but the discomfort, you know, so that they, they thrive on that. But I think they're few and far between. The point being, you don't have to love exercise. I don't necessarily love brushing my teeth, but I know it's going to make me feel better every morning when I do it. And I know it's going to look after my teeth health. So therefore I do it. So the point is, I think looking beyond the the exercise session, but how you're going to feel afterwards enables you to actually do it so i'll give you an example i'm building this community at the moment it gives me an absolute headache there's so much to do there's so many emails i mean we know the score with this i could easily say jake look what forget training today because although generally i'm pretty motivated with my training which you'd expect as a coach it doesn't always happen i'm a real person and there's times when i think i've got to skype with andy this afternoon i really can't fit in a room which i've already done by the way but you know what? I've got the Manchester Marathon book. That's my goal for 2019. I know it's going to make me feel better. It's going to lift my energy levels because I work from home at the moment. Predominantly, I don't have co- that much contact with people other than like on the Skype and things like this and when I'm in Derby. So it makes you get out and do it. Focus on how you're going to feel afterwards. And that's where people, I think, fall down. Mate, I love it. I love it. I love the passion with which you say it as well. And, and you know, there's kind of no bullshit or psychobabble here. This is somebody who believes it at his very core. Um, can I just... I'll, I, I, you picked up on my point. I'll pick up on your point. I got, I, I've kind of just worked it out. I'm trying to write a book and I've, I've got a chapter in it. And I describe sort of um, going to the gym or going running or, or all these things as... as um, like habits that have compound interest so and what i mean by that is that if you put your money in a bank and you leave it and you don't take it out then it then it's worth more to you in the long run right it just accumulates more mm-hmm. and i think that you're right there is is this time of year everybody joins a gym right and everybody wants to get fit and everybody wants to eat healthy and quite frankly if if it's drizzling on your way home from work and you can't be asked to go to the gym that night then actually that night 
makes pretty much no difference to you. You don't look in the mirror that one evening and, and notice any difference. And, 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 and it's the same with having a salad. I'm going to have salads for lunch. And then th- you think, you know what, I'm sorry, I'm going to have burgers instead. On that particular day, you have the burger makes no difference. It's the same with signing up to learn French on Tuesday evenings. It's peeing down with rain. You can't be bothered. You're going to skip French. It makes no difference on that night because you're not going to become fluent in French on a Tuesday, one Tuesday night. But over a year... If you're skipping the gym and skipping the gym and skipping the gym and eating the burger and eating the burger and not going to French and not going to French, then in 52 weeks, that makes a huge difference because then you can look in the mirror and see, oh, nothing's changed and I still can't speak French. So the compound interest on, on fitness is massive because if you stick at it, even if you're not feeling like it, then what happens a year down the line, this time in 2020, you can be looking in the mirror and looking at a different shape version of you with twice as much energy. And that, and that kind of six-pack stomach that's been hidden under three inches of Victoria Sponge is gone and it's revealed in all its glory. <laughs> yeah. And and therefore, it's made it's actually changed your life. And therefore, I think that fitness is one of those things that has compound interest. And I think it's the basics, getting the basics right. Now, in terms of you've kind of got a bit niche here though haven't you because running is your thing so that sounds a bit unusual surely a fitness person normally is a gym bunny not a running bunny i guess so and that's i'm not a lifelong runner i was a chubby little kid at school and you know that's that's kind of that and as i mentioned earlier i didn't find the gym until i was 16 really and then it was not running related so it it was just something i found later and and got a massive love for it and me being me uber passionate about the things i'm I'm into so really you know enthused about it wanted to improve wanted to know more about it i was a trainer anyway so it kind of gave me that that background of knowledge anyway of fitness and training and health and well-being and all those things and then it's how i just made that shift across across to running but do you know one of the the irrespective of all the science and and a large part of the performance community that I'm building, as I mentioned, is is underpinned with science. But irrespective of that, the biggest thing is the headspace, the head game. That's going to get you out of bed in the morning and and get you to do anything. And if you if you haven't got that right and you haven't got those those small, consistent habits in place, then you won't make those positive changes that you're talking about physically to your fitness and your body. Can we just delve in that a little bit? Because obviously that's my... I'm out of my depth with you in terms of I don't know anything about fitness, really. I just know that it makes me feel good. But I don't know the science of it. Well, you look pretty well. Well, I, I feel you do, I do feel good. I don't want to, I don't want to upset people by saying my life's amazing because people don't want to hear that. But generally, it is. However, my life's amazing largely because I got my head sorted first. So what you just said really piques my interest. Yeah. So because that's about the motivation to keep it going when it hurts, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And all that yeah, kind of absolutely. stuff, or, get, or the motivation to get started absolutely. in the first place. So absolutely. tell me more about the mindset. Well, I had a conversation with somebody in the community this morning who's uh, who, who interestingly I've known for many many years because she was a client of mine back in the day when I first became a personal trainer. So she's dipped in and out of personal training with me and she's trained for different goals and she was a runner before I was. She's now in the performance community. And she messaged me this morning talking about the, the, the headspace and, and how and, and I gave her a call in the end because I was like, this is, this, we, we need to do this like on the phone. And we both came to the same conclusion and she got to it before I sort of, I was preempting it that it doesn't matter how fit you are. So let's talk about physical fitness, right? It doesn't matter how fit you are you still need a certain degree of mental strength to extract that level of fitness if you're training for performance. So we're talking running now. So if you are signed up to do an event or race, it's not a case of whether you're fit or not fit. You've got to use that 
performance and that takes mental strength because at some point your body will be saying mate you want to slow down you could be sat at home right now what the hell are you doing and that's where you've got to delve into the back of your mind and you've got to say right this is why i'm doing it these are my reasons you've almost got to override that safety mechanism that your body's trying to put you through or your mind's mate, trying to mate, put you through. I, I love it i love it i've never really thought about it like that but of course it is because it's easier to sit at home eating a box of Maltesers yeah. than it is to absolutely. put your kit on and go for a run, isn't it? That's the truth. A absolutely. I mean, last week I did 10 hours of training. I know that because I log it out of meticulous. And that doesn't include strength work and stuff, but that was 10 hours of running. And that's not me saying, oh, wow, aren't I amazing? No, because sometimes I really couldn't be bothered. But I did it for all the reasons I mentioned in the end game and training for Manchester Marathon. And because I'm aiming at a time, I know that I've got to put that volume of work in. Otherwise, it's, um, it's not going to come to fruition, that goal. But it's how I then in those dark periods, if you like, when I don't feel motivated and it's January and Christmas has gone, summer's a million miles away, how do I get myself out there when I'd spend most of my time running on my own as well? I mean, I've moved down to Bristol recently. So my girlfriend's a vet. You're getting everything now. So I moved down to Bristol for my girlfriend. I don't know anybody here. So my connections predominantly are in Derby and surrounding area, direct contacts, if you like. So it's just me on my own and a pair of trainers. That's quite challenging. So I can relate to how hard it is to get out there. But we can still do it. We can still do it. We can still do it, man. So you just mentioned the G word, the goal word, right? Yeah. And that's something else that comes out of positive psychology. So should should the loyal listeners of this podcast, should we be setting big goals or little goals or no goals where, where do you stand on because you're obviously you've set yourself up to run a marathon mm. i want to talk about the berlin marathon in a minute by the way mate just as a, oh, as a, wow. as an aside. Don't remind me to talk about that it's really important I'm so you're doing, funny. yeah 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 okay but so goal goal wise what what should we be doing should we be set, aiming for the stars or should we be setting little stuff so physically, are we talking in terms of physical fitness goals? I think gen yeah, let's go physical fitness. That's your area of expertise. What do you think? I mean, I'd say going into it with your eyes wide open is really important. I'd say it's fundamental because if I say to somebody, when they, they get a race-ready fact finder, if somebody wants to work with me, they get the running with Jake race-ready fact finder. It's a questionnaire where you fill it in. I get an overview on you, find out all about your training history and, and whatnot. I also get an understanding of... A, what your goal is, and B, how important that is to you. Because the, the work that you are willing to put in needs to match the goal. So it's got to be quite accurate there. There's, there's almost no right or wrong. You know, if somebody says to me, Jake, I want, I want to run a half marathon in June, say the, the Derby half marathon in June, and I, I want to give it 70% of what I'm capable of, that's fine. That means 30% they can kind of chill out a little bit. There's less pressure. Somebody's saying to me, I, you know, I, I want to win it. Hang on. So, that, so that's fine. You're saying that's fine? Yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. No, good. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree because it's their goal, isn't it? It's I, you, yeah. I, I, I've always, it's their goal. I've always said as long as the goal stays within the realms of health, so they're healthy, you know, somebody back in the days, a personal trainer coming to me and wants to lose an, uh, an unhealthy amount of weight, let's say, that's you know, you have to put that into a box of that's that's an unhealthy goal. But actually, anything beyond the the, the sort of parameters of they're in, in a normal healthy range, lifestyle-wise, it's, it's their choice because it's going to take much more work to achieve something, you know, uh, a very high-level goal, if you like, of, of, of running a, a challenging time in a marathon is going to take a lot of work. And if this is somebody that genuinely doesn't have the time or the desire to put that amount of work in, they're going to set themselves up for failure. That's not going to make them feel good, and they're running to feel good. 
nice, nice, mate. Because we talk about you talk in uh, in our course about huge, unbelievably great goals. So having interviewed happy people for about 20, uh, 12 years, which has been what my life's been about, is mm-hmm. what you find is really positive people tend to set themselves goals, and they tend to set themselves. Uh, big things on the edges of achievability so typically to run a marathon is a huge unbelievably great goal I sometimes call them Everest goals so has Everest ever been climbed well yes but not by many people because it's challenging however uh, in terms of setting yourself a huge unbelievably great goal you're never going to get there unless you do the basics first so I do think sometimes this huge goal this ambitious thing that excites you has to be broken down into little manageable things that I've got to do every day and then that brings us back down to the compound interest yeah. you know am I yeah. eating the right stuff am I getting out every day for a little run am I doing that and what you find is it's it's habit it's all about habits really isn't it it's changing your habits and re recalibrating Oh, blimey, I don't know where I'm going with this, mate. But I'm kind of excited by the whole thing. Um, uh, Tell me about Berlin. Because I went on your website, scratching around, digging the dirt up, mate. That was a bit of a nightmare, wasn't it? Tell me about it. Yeah, I mean, what 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 happened there? It was it was horrific. I mean, it was in hindsight, it wasn't. It was amazing. And it's tell, the, tell, tell the listeners what happened um, in the Berlin Marathon because it wasn't a disaster, but you but it wasn't a great success either. And no. but what what surprised me on your blog was that you wrote about it and it was a bit of a fail. So tell us what happened in Berlin. Yeah, so I was training for the Berlin Marathon. This is 2013. Um, training very hard for the, for, for the marathon. Uh, putting a lot of work. Had all those habits that we need to put in place the daily habits as we spoke about so so i was kind of ready for it and then injury struck which can on occasions and unfortunately that's what happened so four weeks before the marathon i i got injured and i couldn't run at all i mean literally no running so i did a little bit of swimming Andy, i'm not a swimmer i have to confess so i did a little bit of this kind of thing in the water that was about it so i got to berlin thinking this is going to be interesting because if you when you when you create these habits, if you suddenly don't do them for a very short period of time, it feels like an eternity because it's a habit and you miss it. So I hadn't ran for four weeks. Prior to that, I'd ran so much. I mean, it, I'd almost forgotten how to put one leg in front of the other. So I'm stood on the starting line thinking, this is, you know, what's going to happen here? And I had to, normally I have a bit of a game plan. I sort of know based on heart rate and other things, how what pace to set off at and how to execute the race. I mean, I had no idea. It was a case of stick a finger in the air and just see what happens. I got to 20 miles, all the time listening to the body, thinking, how do you feel, Jake? How do you feel? And then my legs suddenly reminded me that I hadn't ran for four weeks, and it just hit me. And it was – I had to run, walk, slash hobble, crawl the last six miles, certainly last four. But it was the most humbling experience not at the time but afterwards and you have the water stations and towards the end of the marathon these water stations are more frequent because obviously more people want the water and whatnot safety and things and i kept saying to myself in my head jake just get to that you can suck of everest just you know mini how do you how do you eat an elephant one bite or you know one bite at a time <laughs> just get to the water station jake then you can have a little walk mate you'll be all right so that would be my reward i'd get to the water station hobble along a sip of water and off i'd go again but it was it was brutal. I mean, I, I, the time was nowhere near what I targeted. It was a, a a fail in some respects. In some respects, it wasn't. You know, it was wanted to chalk up. But yeah. Quite. Well, I mean, I think everybody listening to this is like blimey. You managed to complete a marathon after you know after no training at all and being injured, which is an epic success. But I like I do think that it's really. Um, I think it's it's really real of you to dare to put a blog on 
your own website that says it's okay to fail and it's all right actually is sometimes we do set a huge unbelievably great goal we set an Everest goal and we're going to struggle to get there so yeah. even the fittest even the best of us sometimes we fail I mean we call that growth mindset or whatever or or the a- Angela Duckworth and all her grit at the moment if you go on on the, the TED talk she does a really good one on grit and determination and hanging in there when the going gets tough and I think it's bigger than running mate that's life generally I think mm. life is mm. going to deal you sometimes when you don't want to get out of bed and you can't you can't see a way forward but <laughs> grit determination getting to the next water station metaphorically is a is a is a result in its own right so so that's great i think celebrating uh celebrating failures uh, i think we should do more of that epic failures i have them all it the happens. time mate. i mean ju- just on that andy as well just to say that i think we, we, you know running is a funny one because runners put so much pressure on themselves and and it's really unfortunate that and that's one of the reasons i do put myself out there like with those blogs that are you know, the fails or whatever. And I'm quite happy to say, you know, I had a run today and it wasn't so great on Instagram. I regularly do that. Not really up for it today, but then I managed to get out there and here's how I did it. And you can do it too type stuff. So it's very real, but a lot of runners compare themselves to other runners. And am I fast? Am I slow? I'm not this. I'm not that. None of us at a recreational level are going to win anything. I mean, I told you earlier, I'd run 10 hours last week to try and achieve a time in the Manchester marathon. I'm not going to win it, Andy. Nobody's going to hand me a big fat paycheck when I cross the line. I'm just doing it. <laughs> You're entering a race that you've got no chance of winning. That's pointless. <laughs> All of us, it's ridiculous, isn't it? And there's, there's a 30 other thousand people who have not got any chance of winning as well. But, but it's relative, isn't it? Because the speed... Yeah. That somebody, you know, I'm a fast runner compared to somebody that's slower than me. I'm a slow runner compared to somebody that's faster than me. And that's really, really important. And I think, you know, everybody, a lot of runners can feel that there's this huge pressure on themselves to achieve and be something. And it's a real shame that I try and manage that with my athletes because I want them to feel good from their running, not, not beat themselves up because they're not as good as they feel they should be. Once again, mate, there's such a crossover between uh, what you just said and life generally and comparing ourselves, even if it's on Facebook with everybody else who's got a better life and we and we kind of, well, we, we're wired to compare really, aren't we? But what you're really saying is, is, once again, goes bang in line with positive psychology is the best thing is just compare yourself with yourself. Am I am I a little bit better than I was yesterday? And I'm not just talking about running. I'm talking about sure. um, I'm a bit more positive. I'm a, I'm a better human being than I was yesterday. Yeah. And if you can say yes to that on a consistent basis, then you're going the right way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Beautiful stuff, man. Uh, now, just a couple of other things, mate. So yeah, the, sure. park run, the park run thing, which seems mm. to have, I don't you know if you're involved in that, but that's massive, isn't it? How much has that grown? Oh. In the last two uh, years, it's, it's it's phenomenal. I mean, it's, a, it's almost a cult, isn't it? The park run, you know. Um, and is it is, is running therefore become more a social thing? So I know that you run, you do run on your own, but the whole park run and the whole marathon thing, um, it's like a get together as well, isn't it? Is there enough social aspect to it? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how long we've got really because we speak to you probably about three days on this subject, and there's so much crossover as we keep saying. But <laughs> I, I think that. I think running is growing. That's my feeling. Certainly from the, the, the numbers that you see of people entering different races, the park run is growing. There's new park runs popping up all over the time. Just being out there, you see more people. I'm sure you do see more people running, particularly this time of year from, for events in spring and things like that. So I think that's amazing. I just think it's very interesting to know exactly why somebody starts running. So the psychology behind it and, and is it giving them what they what they wanted so i did a post on my facebook page recently about weight loss a lot of runners will start to run for weight loss did they lose weight some yes but there's many that don't benefit from yeah. from from losing weight and that's 
you know, it, if it becomes more of a social thing, actually, because that's what they're getting together to do on a on a on a, on a Saturday morning, a park run that ticks part of the box. But they've got to ask themselves why why they're running. I think you know, if it is a social, then great. You know, it's fantastic. It's is it's real camaraderie on a Saturday morning, and even even beyond the park run, people getting together for their Sunday long runs or midweek, you know, club runs, for example. But yeah, people. I guess what I'm saying is people run for different reasons. I think it's important to be true to themselves why they actually run, because if it is to achieve times and get faster and run further, that it does take work and it takes a certain shift in psychology uh, aside from yeah. the, the just from get the, together from the, type from stuff. From the fun run, from absolutely. The fun, from absolutely. the fun run on a, on a, on a, Absolutely, absolutely yeah. that. Absolutely okay, that. mate. Right. Um, f- Food-wise, food, uh, diet, anything to say on that? Like, what, what I think the listeners will be thinking about and looking for really are top tips. So obviously keep getting fit, whether it's running, whatever it is, you know, that's going to make, that's going to create energy in the long mm-hmm. run and get you, get you feeling better. Food-wise, habit-wise, motivation, anything you can share with us that, that you think will be top tips for 2019 that we can all do? Well, a lot of my focus for the, for, certainly for my runners, is around the actual session, their training sessions themselves, to make sure that they're fueled well enough to get the most out of that session. And then after the session, they refuel well enough so that they recover ready for their next training run. So it's all about that, that you know, that compound effect, as we spoke about, of, of, of making sure that they can train well and, and keep going with those positive, healthy habits. I think a biggest, one of the biggest things I notice with people, and that's no matter what they're into in terms of sport, or exercise and that's lack of hydration and i think that is a box that's relatively easy to put right through i mean some of my clients uh, i get to just put post-it notes at various places around the house on the laptop at work on the office on the dashboard just a mini post-it note i mean it doesn't have to say anything on it but they see it and they instantly think right hydration so any little reminders to get people to drink more i mean you see me with this this thing um you know i feel this he's waving, said, a, big bo- he's waving yeah. a big bottle at me via skype a that's very it. big bottle so, so yeah well that's that's a two liter bottle there andy that's gone now and i sort of filled that up in the so morning how many and... how many of those should you be on a day if that's a big that's a big bottle man well i'm drinking a lot i'm i mean i'm training a lot so tomorrow i've got a 20 mile run which is big so obviously it's a case of getting the hydration in but you know it it's a all normal about... human being a normal human being like me how much should i be drinking two and a half to three liters a day they will say is the general what's that in old money mate i'm old what's that in pints oh man pints all right i'll work Hang it on, out get your converter out <laughs> <laughs> you young whippersnappers i don't know what a liter is eight minus right. four uh, no, oh, no. don't worry about it we'll, we'll, on that one. we'll let our clever listeners they'll work I tell it you what, out i'll just send you one of these bottles in the post it'll be a lot easier <laughs> It's a big bottle, listeners. It's a very big bottle. So two and a half litres a day. Um, okay, great. So hydrate yourself. That's interesting because I'm asking you for top nutritional features and you're not mentioned food. You're mentioning actually just hydrate, which it's a great is a really interesting point. point. You know, it's yeah. a great starting point and, and it's easy to apply. You know, w- when I w- was working for the corporate health club, the Virgin Active, David Lloyd, clients have come to you and they're all fired up because they've made the decision they want to spend money on personal training, want to get fit, want to lose weight, want to get fast, whatever the goal may be. Great. Tell me everything I can do now to apply next week and get it nailed. <laughs> <Yeah>. Okay. My <laughs> first two things. You'll apply the first, maybe. So I think it's just putting those small things in place. That's why I think it's important not to overload people. Once they've established, you know, good hydration habits, okay, what's the next thing? Right. Let's look at your overall calorie allowance per day. So let's look at let's let's get you somewhere within 
spitting distance of the calories that you should be consuming on a daily basis based on your your job, your lifestyle, your activity levels, your sport, all, you know, training, all that sort of stuff. Then once we've got that box ticked and we've been doing that for a period of time, then let's start to think about what those foods are made up of. That's how I tend to work. It's like a process rather than throwing everything at them. And then they, they, they do everything for like two days and then they just overloads yeah. them. Well, once again, you've got to change your lifestyle. It's, got, it's a life change, isn't it? It's like uh, you, that's what that's what bugs me about this time of year and, and dieting. And I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to I'm going to be miserable for a month while I drink milkshakes and then you go back to what you were doing previously and what you're talking about is like sustainable long-term life life enhancing stuff so uh, mate uh, I, I love it i love it yeah and this, this just the last thing on that andy i mean this may come across as slightly controversial in some respects but with regards to to nutrition a lot of people asking oh, what what should i eat and you know is this good food is this a bad food etc cetera, etc cetera. i just don't know why i'm i'm not losing weight um you know these kinds of comments and i question whether it is for most people, a lack of knowledge. You know, if I if I showed somebody, uh, you know, two items of food, which is good, which is bad, they'd probably have a pretty good chance of saying what yeah. they thought was, you know, categorized as good or bad. So is it a lack of knowledge of what they should be eating? Or actually, is it more the motivation to stop them and honesty to stop themselves eating those bad things or, or huge amounts of? Does that make sense? <laughs> oh, gosh, that makes sense, man. That makes so much sense. I always talk about, you know, it's easy to learn new things. It's really let, hard to let go of old habits. Yeah. And um, I think it's... Phew, Blimey, you've struck on something there as well. Yeah, I'm, I read uh, Tom Rath's book. He's got a book called... Uh, I think it's just called Eat, Move and Sleep. Oh, yeah. Uh, I and I loved it. I really loved it, right? Because it's like simple. It's written for numpties like me who don't know okay. anything, and and I loved it. I love the sleep aspect to it as well. Actually, it's really, you know how, how important sleep is in terms of um, your brain doesn't switch off when you're asleep. You know, it's like really active, cleaning your system out and re you know, wows of filing every all your memories away. Really, really good. So last last question, mate, because I know you've got to go out for a run, and I've got to go and get two and a half liters of liquid down my neck. Do it. So do it. so. <laughs> last question what makes you happy what what makes jake happy i can paint the day for you yeah go on then so an ideal day for me that would really put a big smile on my face is waking up under crisp blue skies on a saturday morning reasonably early getting out there for a long run with martina my girlfriend off road in the hills just get lost physically mentally beautiful come back two hours later spot a lunch in the afternoon, just enjoy the day, no pressure, just relax, just puts a smile on my face. That's that's the ideal that's an ideal weekend for me. That's Maybe an that's ideal put, That's put ideal a smile thing. on my face, man. I'm I'm just I'm just yeah, but, it sounds but, but, perfect. But in but in a in another sense, the so in a as a my role as a coach, the thing that makes me happy the most is when people achieve what they set out to achieve that sounds really obvious you know somebody that's that's helping somebody in any capacity well i really love it when my clients achieve what they want but i really really get more out of that than i do my own running when i was down in um bristol a few weeks ago so I was, i've only recently moved down here so i was in derby we were coming down i was down in bristol and a couple of clients of mine that were in the performance community ran the cardiff half marathon now i was spending the day with martina my girlfriend we we're out and about exploring the new area these things in the clifton areas beautiful day and I just had a quick look on that. I couldn't help it to see how they got on in the, in the, in the Cardiff half marathon. They both achieved these times that they set out to achieve. And, and I won't bore you with their backstory and all the rest of it. But I mean, even now that it gives me goosebumps to think what they got out of that. I mean, I called them straight away, you know, and, uh, 
the elation from them and they were because they, they'd literally virtually just crossed the line so they were still in that euphoric state you know just incredible absolutely right. Incredible. Right. it is genius well it falls into the category of making uh, making a difference to people's lives isn't it and, and it, the fact that um that is giving you pleasure uh, I mean, it's genius other people's success is giving you pleasure that's brilliant jake, jake it's been an absolute pleasure mate um a, a real joy and a privilege and, and i know you're busy you've got to go out for a run like i said i've got to go and buy me two and a half litre bottle and start drinking i'll be you've disappointed been, if you don't you've, you've been really really good fun and so full of energy and passion and positivity so what we're going to do is obviously we'll put a link to your website running with jake so people can um well follow you subscribe to you um you know sign up to 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 you get help from you whatever they want to do but i uh, really appreciate your time and um yeah, well, I'll, it's inspired me to go, get my shoes on and go for a run. So thanks, you, fella. You don't have to do it alone. We can do it together sometime. I'll put you in the diary. <laughs> you start from Bristol. I'll start from Derby. I'll meet you somewhere on the M5. All right, mate. Thanks so much, Jake. Cheers, Andy. Cheers, fella. And that, dear listener, is that. I hope you found it as interesting and as useful and as stimulating as I did. Congratulations, by the way, on making such a great choice of listening material. Please subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you for listening. Until next time, I wish you well. You've been listening to the Art of Brilliance podcast. Listen to and subscribe to all our podcasts at www.artofbrilliance.co.uk slash podcasts.